This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I am joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? What's up, Liz? I literally have the Warriors parade on in the background as I'm talking to you. So I do promise, I will make one promise to you. This is the last time I will be the insufferable Warriors fan for this year. So at least you have that. But uh, we are champs. Uh, the sweep of the the, the Cavs. On a, on a side note real quick, do you realize the Cavs went 4-0 against the number one seed and 8-10 and against the rest of the league in the, in the postseason? That's kind of a, a funny aside, but... Anyway, I'm sure you're excited. Uh, you, you, do you have any thoughts on the Warriors, uh, you know, third championship in the last four years? No, I really don't. No, okay. That, that, that's it. All right, let's move on then. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, I noticed last week, I don't even think you posted the video, so I wore my, my shirt one more time, but uh, I understand that. Yeah, but so. I actually, right. I, you know why I didn't post the video? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think yeah. it came out fine. It was that we went like deep into politics and we said a lot of shit, and I can edit the audio right. pretty easily in GarageBand, yeah. and I do, you know, I try to trim it. And I usually just post the video unedited. So if those of you want to see the totally real man unedited podcast, you can always go to the YouTube video that I post on Twitter. But because we kind of went into some, it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't even something that like would get us in trouble. It was just sort of like I kind of went off on some tangents that were kind of boring in my opinion. So I cut him out uh, substantially on the uh, audio version. And I just felt like I didn't want to just post it on the, in the video. So I just didn't post it. Gotcha. So it wasn't a technical issue. I, I, I realized, I actually thought that might be the reason. But yeah. all right, dude. So uh, I have a bunch of things to throw at you. I'll start with some baseball stuff. Um, this is actually, I should have asked you this last week, um, but it was topical. And I just want your opinion of uh, the Luke Heimlich going undrafted. And, and you know, you know, that is obviously you know, the guy oh. who, who convicted I, child Lester. Oh, I, I know the Heimlich maneuver, but I didn't realize it had to involve that. Right. I believe that's how it's pronounced. But, you know, so he was like rated uh, like a top 55 type. A guy would have been drafted early if not for this, which is obviously a horrible thing that he he said guilty to. But he now says he got bad advice from his attorney. And when he committed this act, he was 15 or 16. So you could consider that a child. But he did it to a four year old and a six year old heinous, indefensible act. But served his time. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's very interesting. I'm not interested. Until you brought this up, you know, I didn't even know about this. Oh man, really? Oh, you didn't even know about this. No, yeah, so, I never so those are ba- those are the basics. But his, it happened to his niece, and so this is his brother and his brother's wife are pretty adamant that he did it, and they don't speak. So, so, yeah, so I mean, what do you, you know? I, know. I, mean, I mean, he served mean, his time. He did probation, and this only came out recently before yeah. the draft uh, because Oregon had to report it because over, a registered sex offender, and not one team drafted him. They thought he might go, you know, anywhere from round three on, and he went, and they had like forty rounds in MLB. Right. There's certain things you can come back from and certain things you can't. And this is one of them that you can't. And it's kind of sad that he's only 15. But the truth is, like, if you're 15 and you're, like, doing stuff with that age kid, you're probably, like, you're probably seriously damaged. Like, beyond, like I don't know how you get out of that, you know, if you're that messed up. It's not like he was 
16 and was with a 14 year old girl or something, you know, that's like, right. you know, statutory wrong, but nobody and does that. Like, I mean, nobody, <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody does do it, but nobody, no regular person does it. So no, I'm not surprised he wasn't drafted. Should he be able to say, Hey, I served my time. I was young. I made a mistake. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, what are you supposed to do? Just kill those people. I mean, they have to be able to get a job, live their lives, but I don't know, man, it's a bad yeah, no, no, so nobody like wants those people around. It's bad. No, I mean, it's not just like, you know, the obviously they're going to get bad PR if someone drafted them. I mean, that's the uh, part of the equation here. But it's also just, you know, just the sense that uh, it's a privilege, I guess, to be a baseball player. Right. So it's like you may not you you may have served your time so you can you know be in society, but not necessarily. That's part of the thing you're going to have to, you know, delve with. After it's not a privilege to be a baseball player any more than it's a privilege to you know, do anything. Well, that's the that I heard, and that's why I wanted to hear you say. No, that's I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think if you, like, you know, assaulted somebody, and then you did your time, then you got out. Like, you're a felon, so you're, it's going to be hard to get a job. But if you're really good at baseball or some sport, then I think people need to, you know, forgive a person and move on after they've done their time. But I think the problem with this is it's, it's just one of those things that, A, like, it's so messed up that, like, you, you know, you don't trust the person going forward, and, B... You know, anything that happens to kids, like even if somebody like beat up a six-year-old who was 15, they probably wouldn't get a chance also, you know? So I, I feel like it's just one of those things. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. You can't just, those people still have to live the rest of their lives, but I don't blame, if I'm running a team, I'm not really looking to draft that dude either. Totally, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off guard. I thought you'd heard of that. And I just seriously I'm wanted your- guard. I just- I wanted your opinion. It's I mean, what you uh, are so interested in and read about during your week when between these uh, podcasts. Yeah, I only do it for the podcast, yeah. so uh, I have a few things. Uh, sticking with baseball now, uh, on a lighter note, uh, I, I will call you out that uh, I, I did laugh out loud. I think it was probably the radio, obviously, when, when you said Chris Davis's war is so bad, it should be called peace. Yeah, so I yeah. want to highlight that here, because I thought that was funny. Thank because you. Jeff Erickson was trying to mock and ridicule me for that pun, and I just wanted on the record that other people did laugh at it. And Jeff Erickson, by the way, some of your puns are beneath... Or even beneath you. I mean, some of Jeff Erickson's puns are so bad. I, it's just unbelievable how bad they are. And yet he turned around and mocked me for that high quality pun. How dare he? Right. Well, I, I thought it was fitting too because I brought up Cole Calhoun last week as just a, an example of uh, you know historical futility. Right. But you factor in defense and Chris Davis's wars, well, especially if he stays healthy, where Cole Calhoun did or they made up an injury or whatever. Anyway, Davis is going to have a really historically bad right. season if this continues. I mean, just crazy bad. And he's like, well, he's like, what, 33? He's not 40, right? I mean, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you, you think Trump is making peace in North Korea. Chris Davis is like, hold my beer. I'll show you some peace. Right. right. Cole Calhoun's like, oh, yeah, you think <laughs> you think you can make peace? It's just a, it's a it's 2018, the year of peace. Right. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to that, uh, a, a little bit later, but, uh, the other topic of baseball is just so Tawny, I, I admit I was one of the guys who said, I think you, you kind of mocked people on the radio today, but I was one of the people saying, so that's why I passed on him. As soon as I heard, you know, damaged UCL, I lowered my rankings, but man, I was like kicking myself these last two months. I admit, I was like, no, I wish I had him. It wasn't like, just wait for it. But I did remember, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what happens when you pitch with the damage UCL. These pitchers are already just waiting, waiting to get hurt anyway. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Masahiro Tanaka pitched with a partially torn UCL, UCL the last three years. Well, and then, but, and then Tanaka got hurt for weeks by trying to score in a sack fly in an interleague game. I right. mean, he can't just run 90 feet. Right. I mean, come well, on. No, well, here's the funny thing about Otani is that it's like they're babying him. I'm like, why aren't they letting that dude 
play outfield, steal bases, play every day when he's not pitching. I mean, come on, it's baseball. Right. He's 23. Like, let him, let him loose. Like, this is so stupid. Oh, he can't possibly DH the, the day before he pitches. Why not? You know, let, let him play. Let the guy. And they babied him so much, and he's still probably getting Tommy John surgery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you and I, I know I had no shares of him, and it's sucks no, to I see. Have a share of him. I have a share of him in uh, the keeper oh, league do. for 45. I'm just going to flat drop oh. him. Yeah. I mean, what's the that point? That sucks. Uh, another guy I want to ask you about, because I just saw that uh, Eno Saris uh, did a column on Mad Bum, but I have not been able to read it. I know you were talking about him. Were you able to see that, or do you have any? Yeah, I just read it. Obviously, I'm a Giants guy, and I know you have him in the main event. We've been waiting on him, and the velocity's been a little down, but as a lefty, 90 and a half is plenty fast, so I'm curious what Saris says. He said it's the cutter isn't quite right, and he's uh, the apparent velocity is a little bit off, meaning like he's not getting as much extension toward home plate. You know, Mad Bum, as you know, is like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, whatever. And when he extends, you know, shortens the distance between his release point and the batter. And between that and 91 as a lefty or whatever he was throwing last year, um, now he's throwing like 90.3 and the release point's a little off. I mean, it's a little, you know, anytime. He's always down. Like most pitchers in April, his velocity is always down as a Giants fan. Right. At the beginning of the year, everyone questions. So maybe that's just his thing. It's always down, which this is the beginning of the year for him. Yeah, I'm not too worried. I mean, obviously, you want to see your pitchers do well. I have Carrasco in the main event also, and he was terrible in the last two starts. He's just been a monster. So, you know, it comes and goes. You look at, like, the Astros starters. They're so good. Patrick Corbin, you drafted Zach Godley for our League of Leagues. I told you not to draft that guy. And after, like, two starts, it looked like he was doing great. Well, you were right about Taiwan Walker because he did far less damage. He did far less damage. And, you know, I, I thought Taiwan Walker would be a good drop before the season to get more options for our team. <laughs> Uh, right. But no, I mean the uh, these pitchers like Patrick Corbin, you know, they they go amazing. They're amazing for a while, then they fall apart, and then they're amazing. And the the elite pitchers, you know, that like Max Scherzer and Kluber and Sale, it's just unbelievable that they're good for that long. And right. same with Kershaw until this year and last year. But I think Mad Bum is hopefully he'll 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 find it. I, I think he probably will. Yeah, obviously I'm hoping as well. Uh, do you have any other uh, baseball stuff you wanna you wanna go over? Um, not really, man. Uh, our Puig Hoskins bet is getting close. I, I was kind of bummed. Hoskins broke his jaw with a foul ball and was out 10 days. And then he hit a home run his first game back. And I swear to God, he was heading to the minors if he hadn't broken his jaw. It was just that he got to reset a little bit. He went over three yesterday with two RBIs, but I don't know, man. I, 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 it's so funny because after April, that bet could not have been more lopsided. Puig was on the DL. He was batting like one something. Hoskins had like six home runs in like a month. He was yeah, like an 1,100 OPS. It looked like you were crushing. And now it's pretty close. I think Hoskins is still ahead, but it's, it's, Puig is narrowing the gap. Yeah, he's got, yeah. I, I mean, I like Puig. I have shares of him too. I think he'll be better too. But yeah, Hoskins is definitely falling off. But a broken jaw, at least he's, I, I was worried there for a while he'd be out longer with that broken jaw. But um, uh, I want to ask you about your, uh, moving on from baseball, the, the parlays uh, versus uh what was it? Just straight up against the spread. You looked at the juice. You did it on the Roto Arcade. Uh, sorry, Roto Wire blog. Yeah, I don't post on Roto Arcade. That's beneath me. Yeah, yeah just simple. I just did the math. It just occurred to me, so I wrote it down. I was like, so you know how the regular rake works, uh, doing against the spread bets. I mean, gambling is going to be legalized in some places, and we're going to be doing more of it probably. And so you know, it's minus one ten, and minus one ten, as you know, means you have to risk a hundred ten to win a hundred. So. You know, if you want to pick a team against the spread, you know, you like the Steelers, minus 10 against the Raiders at home, you have to risk 110 to win 100. And what that means is that in order to just break even, not to lose any money, you need to win 52.38% of the time. And the easiest way to understand that 
is to think of it this way. If you made 101 dollar bets, okay, just you made 100 bets for a dollar each, and say you won uh, 53 of them, right? You'd, be, you'd win 53 dollars, and then you lost 47, so you'd be up six bucks, right? But remember, you're, you're risking 110 to win 100, so you're losing another 10 percent. So you lose another four dollars and seventy cents. So you're up a dollar thirty, right? You won fifty-three. You lost fifty-one seventy. Forty-seven plus four seventy. Now, if you won fifty-two of the hundred, you'd win fifty-two dollars. You'd lose forty-eight dollars, and you lose another four eighty. So you'd be down eighty cents if you won fifty-two percent of the time. You'd be up one thirty if you won fifty-three percent of the time. It turns out the break-even is fifty-two point three eight. That makes sense. Y- yes, but, but okay. So, but what is the conclusion though? Is that you get worse odds when you do parlays? Right? Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're, you got to go through the process to understand. Right. It. I mean, I, you know, what do you just like show me the results? <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's a lot of math. You, well, it's not that much math. It's just well, it's super simple. Okay, a hundred one dollar bets. That's easy. Sure. You win fifty two. How much money do you win? Right, fifty two dollars. Fifty two. Yes. Okay. How yes. much money do you lose? Forty eight. But there's a rake. So how much money do you lose total? Right. Well, you're saying. Plus ten percent of the forty-eight, so forty-eight right. plus four eighty is fifty-two eighty. Right, so okay. you're minus eighty at fifty-two. Yes. At fifty-three, you're plus one thirty. Okay, so right. you could see that it's somewhere between fifty-two and fifty-three is the break-even. So it's fifty-two point three eight. Now, if you win fifty percent, which is what you're expected to win, because every against the spread bet is a fifty-fifty bet, basically, you win fifty, yeah. you lose fifty, but then you lose five on the rake. So you're minus five. That's your expected return on $101 bets. It's minus five, correct? Got that? So the the way the parlay works, and I'll just explain a parlay real quick. A parlay, you got to win both bets. Okay, you you, you make two bets and you have to win them both. If you only win one, you lose. Okay, so if you bet the Raiders, I mean the Steelers minus 10 against the Raiders, and then you bet the Chiefs minus seven against the Chargers, both those teams have to cover. If either one does not cover, then you lose. Now, if one of them pushes, it's just, a, it's just a straight bet, but don't worry about that. So, well, the question is, so is that a good bet? Well, what, or first off, what do you get if you win both bets? And you can do more than two teams, but let's keep it simple. So a two-team parlay pays 2.6 to 1. Yeah. So, so if you bet 20 bucks in a two-team parlay and you win, you're going to win 52 bucks. Right. So is that better or worse than betting 20 bucks to win 20 bucks when you're doing minus 110. We already saw what the minus 110 on the straight bet was. It was you lose $5 every $100 you bet. Right. right? That's the expected return. If you, right. if, you just broke, if you just did the exact thing that you're supposed to do, which right. is win half the time. Well, because of parlay, you have to win two bets. Right. Each one is 50-50, so it's 25%. 50% of 50% that you win both, right? 50% to win one, and then having won one, you have a 50% chance to win the other. So it's 25%. So basically, you should be getting three to one odds, right? To one. 75 to 25, three to one, because you have a 25% chance to win. But you're only getting 2.6 to one, but parlays right. pay out. So let's say you made $101 parlay bets. Well, how many would you expect to win? Uh, so you're saying 100, so you'd, you'd want to, you'd, so 25% is what you're saying? Yeah, you'd win 25%. So how much money would you win on those $25 parlay bets? You'd win 260 per bet. Right. right? So, yeah. right. so 25 times 260, 25 times 2.6 is 65 is, bucks as you win. Yeah. How, right. many, how many bets would you expect to lose? How many of those dollar bets would you expect to lose on your parlays? Uh, what, 75, right? Right. So you win 65, right. but you lose 75. Right, okay. So what's your expected return on $101 bets? Right. 
what uh, what what is it? Five, what would it be? I mean, ninety. So what you're minus losing 10. what? Minus ten. Minus ten. So ninety instead of ninety-five, right? So it's ninety instead of ninety-five is what you're saying, right? Yes. Or, or I would just I wouldn't do it that way. I'd say you, okay. your expected return is minus ten. Right. If you if you get you know. No, you know, just exactly what you're expected to do, right. which is win 25 and lose 75. You, you win a quarter of the time. And then, and then so you win 65 because you're getting paid 2.6 to 1 on the 25 that you win. And you lose 75 on the 75% of the times you lose, a dollar each. And so you're down 10 bucks after the $101 bets. Whereas the other one, you're down 5 bucks. So that's, a du- that's double the rake. I mean, it's insane. It's not like 10% more rake. It's literally 100% more rake. So why would anyone ever do a parlay? Under what circumstances? Um, I guess maybe add more. I mean, does it change? Does it change at all if you worse. add maybe a long it gets shots? Worse. I mean, it gets worse if you keep adding more more legs to it. Yeah. So right. the way, the worse. reason you do a parlay is if there's correlation. So let's say instead right. of betting two separate yeah, games, I never thought of that. I never thought of that when you said that. That makes sense. Yeah. So imagine if you bet instead of betting two separate games, I bet the Steelers minus ten, but I bet the under. Okay, and I think well, look. The only way the Raiders cover is if they go over, if this goes over, right? If, if the Steelers' defense does well, forget it. They're, they're, the Raiders are not going to come close. So say, you know, obviously I, say, I think the spread is 50-50, but I think if the Steelers cover, there's a 70% chance that it goes under. Let's just say I think that. Well, now there's a 35% chance of the outcomes happening, not 25. Right. Right. And yeah, even if, not, I get that. So even if there's a 33% chance of the outcomes happening, that's just two to one, right? 66 to 33. So you only need two to one on a 33% chance. So if you think there's 33 or higher and you're getting 2.6 to one instead of two to one, that's a big edge. Right. I mean, obviously anything can happen. One, like one thing can happen and the other come the opposite. But that makes sense. If well, you're, you're, not saying carrying the same you're, game. Saying, you're not saying it's 100% correlated. You're saying, I think that if X happens, there's a 70% likely. chance Y happens. Right. Viewed independently, it's just 50-50 for both. Right? right, it's like twenty five percent. So you're obviously only ever doing this in the same game situation. I mean, unless it's like week seventeen and like one team, if they win, the other right. team has nothing to play for or something, you know. But basically, right. yes, correlation. Yeah, is have, what you. Have you looked at the odds compared to teasers at all? I don't. I, I know how teasers work, but I'm not sure how to calculate how those extra points actually affect your odds. So, so look, so. The way to do it is, let's say you got to win both sides of the teaser, both legs, right? right? And what do you get? Six extra points. Well, six, six and a half or seven, yeah, depending right. on the juice. So basically, you would need like a little bit over 70% per, per leg of the teaser to make it work, right? Because 70 times 70 is 49. Seven times seven is 49. So for a teaser to be worth it, you need to say with the six points, it's no longer a 50-50 bet. It's better than 70%. Right, it need to be seventy. Okay, right. so if if you think it's only sixty five percent, even with the six points added to the teaser, don't do it. But if you think you can get these things over seventy percent, both of them, yeah, then the teaser yeah, so, makes so sense. So calculating that is just far more subjective. Like what you think, right. you'd have to value the points literally. You'd have to value the six points in differently each time. So that's you'd have okay. to. I mean, yeah, I mean, somebody's probably come up with an algorithm for it. Like when the over is something, then the teaser's worth more because there's fewer points in the game, or. You know, whatever. I, I bet you there's some sharp out there that knows selectively when to do it. Certainly, the parlays work if you if you can work out whether there's a correlation between the total and the and the spread. Yeah, that makes sense because it's independent of the team playing because well, the the actual odds are going to tell you what the team is. So that makes sense for parlays. So uh, right. totally different beast. Okay. Um, next, I'm going to ask you. Um, I, I I didn't know him uh, know him or read him or watch him well, Anthony Bourdain. But man, that's brutal. I, I retweeted your tweet. That was it was a it was a good one. What, what did you say again? 
I just said it's it's jarring when the coolest person in the world kills himself. Yeah, and I've been re- everyone seemed to love him. I read his original New Yorker piece uh, and actually learned something. It was like written in 1999 or something. And uh, man, just sad. All these people, the suicide rates are just up throughout the, this country, and it's just crazy. And and I don't know. What are your thoughts? Did you were you were you a fan of his? Yeah, I love the guy. I mean, whatever. I'm not like it was jarring just because it was like this guy who seemed to be the kind of person that you want to be like an authentic, authentic person. You know, I love, you know, you and me both love like ethnic food. We love that kind of thing. I've been traveling a lot, but he was traveling to like the ends of the earth, like very, you know, interesting places and eating with like eating, like just real foods that have been passed down for generations and connecting with the people. And yet was kind of like a, a badass. He took some like peyote in one of the things he, he wrote some pretty, uh, sharp political, uh, commentary on he said when you go to cambodia you can't help but want to beat henry kissinger to death with your bare hands and then later on he said i've regretted many things that i've written but that's not one of them and you know if you recall like a certain candidate in the last uh, election cited henry kissinger as her mentor uh, and so you know i i respected anthony bourdain he, he was uh, not a nutless monkey seemed like a real man but and so my first thought i, I mean first thought i was like what the fuck you know like yeah, you, you know, you see people who are like obvious frauds like yourself, you know, but you see people who are obvious frauds and support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Not like you expect them to kill themselves, but you're like, this person's suffering. Like, they're, they're like faking it to be this fake person that they are. You know, you see people on the news and all sorts of weird people, like, doing stuff that's, like, clearly not what a human should be doing. But it seemed like he had found something very authentic. And so you usually assume that someone doing something authentic and succeeding and making lots of money and being, you know, well regarded in that way would be happy. That's why it's so jarring. You know, he's doing what everybody sort of hopes to do, like do what they really enjoy and do it authentically. You know, he's not like sucking up to get sponsors or doing anything like that. It's like, okay, that's the guy you want to be. And like, but he killed himself. So my first thought, I went to read the New York Times article and there was a link to from a year, year ago only, like some books that he'd been reading, or maybe it was a few years ago. And it was like about the CIA and all these plots and about how the French you know, intelligence services, I'm like, oh, he died in France. I, it's it's got to be some foul play. Because you know I'm like conspiracy theory and I believe in all that shit. But it seems pretty unlikely. Like everybody, you know, was like he was very depressed. He had like dealt with depression. He had been like a heroin addict at one point. So... Yeah. You know, you just, uh, it's fucked up, you know, I don't know. You, know, you never know what's going on internally with people. 
Yeah, it sucks. Just everyone just talk to reach out and there's numbers out there, but it, it, it's terrible. It is. And depressions are obviously a real thing. And this the suicide rate is up. And, and maybe the hopefully the one positive of these people that are well known doing it is just getting people to talk about it more and just create discussion. I, I think I don't think that's going to help that much, man. I, I honestly think it people does, dude, fucking kids, I, I think I know. The, I know you're cynical. And I get it. dude. But I'm, when not people, cynical. I'm not cynical. When, I'm not cynical. I'm just, when, I just think when people, that celebrities talk and say it's okay that, you know, I've dealt with this stuff, it helps. I mean, it does. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I, I think, I think it doesn't need to tell a great amount for it to matter, but I, okay. All right. If you don't think my, it helps. My, opinion, my opinion is, is that um, people are more and more depressed now, uh, both because of uh, just being online all the time, social media, all this shit, you know, just your brain gets sucked into this dopamine addiction and then all the foods are super poisonous and not nutritious and people have mercury poisoning and all this other shit. And like, just, we're just living in a more and more toxic environment that's further and further divorced from how humans actually evolved to thrive. And I just think that that explains a lot of depression and people get depressed and they get prescribed all these drugs that increase the incidence of suicides, all these antidepressants rather than spending more time in nature, getting offline, stop eating processed food. You know, there's so much shit. And I think you just put a whole bunch of people under conditions that are not suited to human beings. And a lot of them are just going to, they're going to crack. It's, it's tough. That's why he was so surprising because the guy was like, seemed like he was, you know, very connected with a lot of wholesome things. Well, I, and I think that does matter when people see that. It's not always the people that are whatever it is that you think wearing all black or gloomy or whatever is sitting in the dark. It is a people outwardly look happy. And so I think that does matter to people, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive and I mean, it won't help a single person, but I well, feel no, like I mean, I, people, that knowledge, people may I, learn more like, oh shit, it could happen to anybody. But I don't think that, you know, I, I think like, I think it does make someone who's in that position feel a little less weird and maybe, uh, and, and more open, maybe more likely to talk about it, but who knows? Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's absolutely a nothing. Uh, moving on to even uh, another happy. Well, maybe this is. I'm so curious about this. I'm burying the lead. Come on. Dennis Rodman is crying on CNN about this. But it's like genuine. I'm thinking about this and I'm like, right. maybe we shouldn't have just totally just disregarded this. This guy was risking his life going over there. And he's like super happy about this. And, and Trump is a handshake. OK, the summit, man. This is crazy. I found myself up on like staying up last night. Clicking the updates. Right. This is, if nothing else, this is fascinating. Right. So I'm mean, gonna talk about the G7 stuff as well. Uh, I don't know how in depth you want to go, but I, I gotta have your opinion. Come on. Uh, so, so Donald Trump just went and met the leader uh, of, of North Korea, and wow. Well, I think it's funny. Like, I, you know, who knows what's gonna come of it? Because we'll see. But first, like he said, the meeting was on. It was that's cr- now, first he was like tweeting at him, insulting him, and it was like he's gonna start World War III. This is so unhinged. You can't tweet insults at our nuclear armed leader. He's crazy. And then they started like tweeting friendly stuff, and the people were like, "This is so dumb." And then they decided to make the summit, and it was like, "It's never gonna work." And then he, Kim Jong Un backed out. And then they were like, you see, Trump got played. And then they have the summit. They're like, Trump got outfoxed on the on New York Times. Trump got outfoxed. This isn't going to work. He's meeting with dictators. He's, a, you know, he's meeting with a monster. You know? He's validating. He's uh, legitimizing a monster. Right? Not that, and then they're like, uh, and Twitter, like all these other people tweeted photos of like Obama with like the Saudi king and like John F. Kennedy with some crazy bad despot. I mean, everybody's met with everybody. Stalin, they met with all those people. So that's not the thing. Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, it's good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There are two conversations. We can have the real conversation. We can have a conversation about how the media is going to treat okay. all this. Those all right. are two separate things. Okay. And that's you're fine. Right. You're right. The media is totally, it's, just, it's very frustrating. Uh, Sean Hannity himself criticized Obama for 
talking about maybe going and doing this uh, 10 years ago. Right. right. No, no, no. Those guys are all clowns. That. And I mean, now he's the one giving the interview to Trump and praising him. Right. right. And then uh, and then on the flips, you, you could say it on the other side as well. Uh, you know, Obama got a ton of uh, a hard time for he went to Iran. He, so he did do this similar stuff. Right. Yet the Democrats are, are, are criticizing Trump now for that, right. too. So. Right. So you can go both sides about that. I don't right. want to get the media. Right. Just drives me crazy on both ends. I'm tired. No, of that no, no, no. Just turn it off. Turn it off. I, yeah. I just think it's yeah. hilarious. I just think it's hilarious how I'm not even the hypocrisy is beyond ridiculous. The Democrats are actually rooting for this to fail. And yes, obviously the Republicans, if it were Obama, would be doing the same thing. But uh, but anyone who's actually a Democrat or Republican that just is loyal to that is just it's just they're not paying attention to the world. I, I just think you're just lost in some weird tribal thing that's that's not relevant anymore. That's that's the past. You know, you're you're living in some other century right now. It's just not relevant. Nobody who thinks for themselves gives a shit about those parties. No, but I just, it's just funny how like they keep moving the goalposts. Like at first it's never even going to happen. He's being played. That has clearly happened. So now they're moving like, well, it's never going to work. And what did they really get from him? And they're legit. They keep moving the goalposts. It's like, dude, just shut the fuck up. You always want war. They had these people. I just tweeted something. I didn't see the segment because I'll never watch cable news. That they had all these people. This guy from a think tank on MSNBC, whose main donors of the think tank are all these like war profiteers, like Northrop Grumman and Boeing and all these you know plane and missile makers and all this shit. And he's saying how this is terrible. And you know, of course you're saying that. Like that's what you thrive on. All these people, the neocons and the neoliberals, they've launched so many wars. And it's like, okay, well maybe this will be a farce and it'll fail and. Trump will look like an idiot, and that's fine. You know, I mean, it's not fine. I hope it doesn't happen, but right. it's, no. it's certainly possible. But, I mean, come on. This is an unqualified good. And they're like, well, Kim Jong-un is a, a horrible dictator. He starved his people and all this stuff. And we, get a, we hear a lot of propaganda back and forth about, you know, what goes on in other countries. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's all true. Maybe some of it's true. But it, it's really, like, not relevant to this situation, right? Like, we're trying to denuclearize the peninsula, unify it, and they can figure out later whether... That guy needs to be put in jail or whatever. But I want to jump in before I forget. Okay, even on that civil rights issues. Okay, right. right? That's right. The leader's a horrible person. Right. No one's debating that. And who cares? Yeah. Trump called him an. It's an honor to meet him. Whatever. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot for saying that. Obviously. Whatever. Okay. But what if his goal, Un's goal, really is? And it sounds to me like he really is getting evolved and trying to, to, to not make it so oppressive. Maybe that's wrong. and He's playing us all. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, as Obama says, you don't negotiate with friends. You negotiate with enemies. Right. That's what he said. Right. OK, so you have to meet with this horrible monster. But what, it, what may, it's not even denuclearizing, which you said, that's great, too. That's obviously the most important to us. But what if it also helps his own country and all those people that right. are living there? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's and it's just hypocritical. Like every single president has met with like the worst of the worst, and it's just if it's in your interest, you should. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Go spit on him when you meet him? I mean, right? No, no. You're gonna be polite and you're gonna try to achieve the aim that you want to achieve. That's that's yes. diplomacy. And it is back to bringing it back to your original thing. It is hilarious that Rodman and I, I tweeted this a real man is like oh, mediating this thing sort of because he knows Trump and he knows Kim Jong Un, and he's oh, also sponsored by Potcoin. So, like, that's legit, right? So you're sponsored by Potcoin, yet you're mediating a nuclear summit. And the thing is, when Rodman was still first going over there, he was treated like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, everyone thinks Rodman's a freak, so no one made that big a deal of it. But they were like, you're horrible to, to hang out and befriend this person. But actually, it seems like Rodman in this crazy world is actually did something yeah. good. And, and it's hilarious that there's a whole, he was, you know, he was on Celebrity Apprentice with Trump. Right. And Trump so there's like a connection him, yeah. there too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I admit I Googled Potcoin. I, had to, I looked it up. I'm like, yeah. oh, interesting. No, I, I looked invest it up. In that now. I got to invest in Potcoin. No, I'm, yeah, I'm just Bitcoin for me, no Potcoin. But I, right. I know, 
it was good advertising. I'm thinking about it, you know, Rodman was probably broke or close to it. Like, Rotowire should have invested in Rodman. If he's, if he's like touting Podcoin, we could be like, Rotowire. And, and Rodman would have a Rotowire t shirt at the yeah, summit, dude. And yeah. then I could, like, be part of I could take some credit for the denuclearization of the, of the Korean Peninsula. Right. So, so it sounds like to me, uh, I mean, you, you think it, you take this as a positive thing, right? Of course. It, of course. It yeah. is a positive thing. Yes. Okay. People are like, well, Thank his you. motives, you know, what's his real motive? Who gives a shit? Who cares what either of their motives are, right? I mean, North Korea was something that was like, we're supposed to worry about that. Oh, they're going to launch a nuke. They're going to increase their capacity or they're going to launch artillery at South Korea. I mean, yeah. of course it's a good sure. thing. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, All I don't right. care. Right. I, I, honestly, I don't care if it's Trump or Obama or whoever the hell, whatever, you know, random person happens no, to be the president. Just do the right thing for care. the country. Exactly, exactly. No one cares. It's crazy. Oh, I will bring this up, actually. Uh, I watch Bill Maher every week, and I actually like his show better than John Oliver. I think he's an interesting interviewer, and I like Bill Maher, and I know people think he's a douchebag. But I what he said that. is just flat out I, wrong. I think he's a douchebag, Bill Maher. Yeah. Uh, he could be both things, actually. Uh, an entertaining show and that, and a DB. But he um, he said something just really just flat out wrong. He's like, he said, I'm rooting for this country to go through the succession. Sorry. He's like, he's rooting for that. He's like, that'll make it better again if we do suffer and, uh, and, and that is just flat out horrible, horrible right. thing to say. Right. He's pissed because, you know, I mean, some of it had to do with Obama. Some of it had to do with just luck. But Trump's been president a year and a half. And the economy is booming. I mean, uh, unemployment's way down. The stock market's up. And actually, I saw something on Twitter the other day that inequality, which had been increasing all through the Obama years, has sort of stopped. I don't think it's decreased yet, but it has stopped increasing over the last year for whatever that's worth. And it's probably got nothing to do with Trump. But at the same time, it's like, you know, at least be glad that things are, you know, could be a lot worse at least. You know, it's not going great for everybody, but it could be a lot worse. And yeah, I wish like a recession, which Bill Maher, if there's a recession, will lose a few million bucks, but he'll be fine. You know, recessions like crush, crush a lot of people. So it's, uh, he's a dick, but he's always been a smug dick. I saw Glenn Greenwald, who's like one of my favorite, you know, journalists on there. It's just, you can't, there's no conversation on that show. Bill Maher is just so smug. You could just tell that, like, he's not, he doesn't engage with points of view that are outside his own. Like, he does, like, this left right thing, but he doesn't really engage. So the conversation is superficial on that show, in my opinion. I haven't seen the show in like three years, but. When I last watched it, I just I stopped watching it because I just felt it was a superficial conversation. Yeah, he is without question. He thinks he thinks he's the smartest man in the room, but he often is. And to me, he's the sharpest interviewer uh, out there among them all. But but I do get that he definitely rubs people the wrong way for a reason. Uh, I get that. Well, wait, before I get to my final thing, I'll talk to you about, uh, which I know you know, is I wanted to tell you that I did watch that Morgan Freeman video that you brought yeah, up a couple right. weeks ago. Yeah, and that is absurd. That that is not. I just had to Google like three different things to get it. Like it wasn't even obvious thing, but it's a joke. I mean, first of all, it looks like all the other stuff. That guy probably is a creep. It's not. That's not an isolated. I've also heard other people say about that video, like exonerates him. And no, it sounds like he probably all that other stuff does sound kind of. There might be some other things, but that video is the most. But that in and of itself, and which makes it even more of a thing that because that's the person who wrote the article uh, highlighting his uh, poor behavior, boorish behavior was. It's a joke. He's obviously talking about Michael Caine being like, I'd love to be, I mean, and no one gives any but even weird if he look- wasn't, it, it's, it's a real reach to just assume that's some dirty remark. I mean, was, I was like, what? You know, that was weird. You're just, yeah, super weird. Okay. All right. Food. Uh, I've been trying to get healthier. I've been uh, exercising. I told you uh, I haven't been boozing. I've been uh, trying to eat better. It's difficult where I live. I don't have a Whole Foods near me. I don't have great, you know, Whole Foods red- shit. restaurants. Um, I do. I do have a local food, you know, obviously a farmers market or whatever. But what I came to you about was uh, okay, what actually, or whatever your farmers market. That's where you're going. 
I um okay, but what I what I asked you specifically was was vitamins. Because, right. you know, I, I knew you were going to say, like, I go go to, to my local Safeway and get, you know, a, 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 a multivitamin. I knew you were going to say don't do that, right? Yeah. I mean, first off, I, you know, like, I read up on this shit, and I was taking vitamin B12, which is good. And you could take that as a supplement. But I was taking the wrong kind. The, there's one B12 that's cyanamin or something. I don't know exactly how to say it. And it's got, it's derived from a similar compound of cyanide. And I was taking that because I forgot and I didn't know. And I bought a new one when I ran out out here. So just today, I, I bought the right B12, which is methacobalamin or whatever. I don't, I'm saying it wrong, but it's something like that. And it was 18 euros, which is like 22 bucks for this bottle. And I was like, all right, well, at least it'll last me a while. I look in, it's like almost empty. There's 30 pills in it, 30 tiny pills. I mean, Portugal's not the place. Retail in Portugal's not the place to buy vitamins, but shit was expensive. So um, if I were to buy vitamins, I'd probably uh, order from online. Order them online. You could shop around. iHerb is pretty good prices usually, or Vitacost. You said a company now, right? Yeah, Now Foods makes good ones. They're not the only one, but that's just one that is usually good. Although it was Now Foods that I had like a, that shitty vitamin B. So again, like get the right kind of vitamin B12. Yeah, well, right- you, said B, you said a B complex, and I'm looking in there. They say, they say B slash 100, B dash 50. Yeah. Like I don't know what to well, get. 100 B12. is good or 50 what? is good. It's just how many uh, milligrams in each, of each vitamin in there. But okay. I actually think like the B12, but the methylcobalamin, I think, or however you say it, that's the one to get. Okay, you'll B12. see there's, there's two. One, one is related to the word cyanide. And the other one is methacobalamin or something. And I, I know it's embarrassing. If someone knows the real name of it, they're going to be like, dude, you're saying it totally wrong. It's fine. I, I, I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, that anyone but, well, no, I mean, you, know, you never know. So, but, but get the right kind. And like D3, you know, don't D3, get vitamin D3, ask you next. D2. It says, yeah, and then D3 says 1,000, 2,000, or 5,000 IU. Like I right. tried to look up that, and that's very complicated. So, or, I mean, you might want to take like, 10,000 IU, which is a shitload for like a uh-huh. week just to like load, you know, and then you could, yeah, take, you like, could take too much. You could definitely take too much D, right? I believe. You could, uh, but I mean, you know, it's not code what, what for after anything. Okay, if, you know, I know that. you've taken too much D before. It's not code for anything though. But, that was, uh, <laughs> that was bad. All right. but anyway, D vitamins, sorry. D, D vitamins, you take D3 and I mean, you could like overdose but, on vitamin D. You can take how much? I, I think like if, you know, I'll take 10,000 10, for like, you know, a couple of days, then I'll just take 5,000 a day. If you start to feel like shit, then, you know, back off. But I would, I would get, I would go big. So D3, and, and by the way, this isn't medical advice to people. Like, I yeah, don't know shit. D, I'm just figuring the shit out just like everybody else. D3 and B12 and no multivitamin. You're saying just take a D3 and a, D, and a B12. I mean, that's what most people tend to need. Like, that's where people are deficient. Right. With all the chemicals and stuff, your, your system... And, is deficient in those areas, but and like the other stuff you were talking about, like fermented stuff, like yogurt. And you said a company called Bubby's. Is that how it's pronounced? Well, Bubby's is for pickles and sauerkraut, and it's you know it's better if you make your own, or it's better if you buy it local, lacto fermented, not with vinegar, but salt. You know, basically salt and cabbage, and the salt water ferments. You know, it ferments in the salt water. Um, you can make your own. You can do it um, just on your. You chop up some cabbage with salt and wring it till the water overflows it and then you push it really hard down into a glass jar to the water is above the cabbage put a decent amount of salt in it for that to happen and then close the jar and leave it out room temperature for a week two weeks as long as you want and it'll be sauerkraut but if you don't want to deal with making your own um, yeah no, i looked up that company and it wasn't my local save mart or whatever and it looked like they had cool looking like or good looking like beet horseradish and a lot of real it looked yeah legit. i mean bubbles is legit i mean it's it's mass produced so it's never going to be as good as what you make yourself or what like some local guy 
you know, your farmer's market selling usually, but it's, it's solid. It tastes good. Um, it's not that expensive. So, I mean, I, I, that's fine. And then, and then I, I like yogurt. I want something practical that's going to happen. I get what you're saying all this best case, but I'm not going to, I'm not really going to make that shit. I'm not going to make homemade sauerkraut. So right. I'm going to buy bubbies well, I mean, and the yogurt. I like yogurt as a snack and I want it to be good, but I know the stuff I'm getting, even when I look at the uh, the uh, the best I can get at a grocery store is like Noosa or something. I know that shit is 35 grams of sugar. Stuff, no, no, so it's no, like, you don't want be, that. I, I, I might as well be eating. I mean, I you want whole milk, right? You said full fat. I know you want full fat milk. yogurt, full fat yogurt, full fat cottage cheese, no sugar. I mean, it's okay if there's like seven grams of sugar that comes from sort of the lactose that's still in the yogurt, but no, uh, you know, no added sugars, no fruit, not, none of that shit mixed in. Okay. But yo, you know, that stuff's okay. I mean, real yogurt is like just raw milk that goes sour and they, you know, make yogurt right. out of it. When you start to pasteurize it, it's, it's not that great for you. I'll tell you, if, if you want to get healthy, if you're serious, I mean, it just depends how serious you are, right? Like, the first thing is, like, just don't drink, like, sodas and shit, ever. Diet or non-diet. Just don't ever fucking drink that shit, ever. Yeah, well, I never drink diet if you paid me money. Yeah, okay. Well, don't drink any Coca-Cola or any of that shit, ever, okay? And don't eat, like, baked or, like, processed products like Pop-Tarts or, like... Well, um, anything you, you open, right? Cornflakes. Anything any you sh- open with a package is bad for you, basically, right? And any, like, sugar cereal, any of that shit, just don't ever, ever eat that. Or not even sugar cereal, like, you know, spo- Special K, don't ever eat that shit. Don't ever eat any of that fake stuff that's in a box, okay? Mm-hmm. So, like, you should be eating meat, fish, fruits, vegetables, cheese. Eggs. Eggs, yogurt. You know, that's the shit you eat, right? No, Oats, no, I butter. Butter. No, I've been trying. Butter hey, man, is good. Cooked, don't eat hey. any seed oils. No canola oil. No grapeseed oil. The only no, oil you eat is olive oil. Olive, olive and coconut, or, yeah. And coconut and co- oil, olive oil, and make sure the coconut oil is not, you know, make sure they're extra virgin or organic, and make sure the coconut oil is not hydrogenated. It's just, you know, extra virgin coconut oil. I don't cook much, but when I do, it's just butter usually with that. Butter. But anyway, my su- so, so sous vide, you know, I've been telling you about, I cooked a rack of lamb I just got from Costco the other day, first time in my life. Easily, I have a low bar to clear, but easily the best food I've ever made. I'll, I'm going to text you pictures right when I get off uh, get off this uh, this podcast. I, I uh, seared the top of it. So I just bought a flamethrower right. for it. This one's not. This I just used the, the grill, but I can't wait for the next one. The best thing I've ever cooked. So good. Perfect, right. medium, rare. Just the temperature exact how I wanted. Just so good. But anyway, I am serious about this. I'm trying to exercise. I'm running. I'm doing these things called burpees, which is some CrossFit thing, which is actual exercise, which is insane for anyone who's known me the last 20 years of my life. So I am attempting to, but again, I want it to be practical. I'm not going to make something and, and realize that I'm, I'm limited. I might need to order something, uh, you know, from that well, shows first of all, order, don't use regular table salt. A couple of things are easy, right? Like sea salt doesn't have to be that Himalayan or Celtic shit. Those I read that them. that's overrated and, and you see all that stuff similar. Okay. Sea salt for sure. Sea okay. salt. Like legit real sea salt. It can be from anywhere, but just legit sea salt. Don't eat table salt. Sea salt's good for you. Table salt's toxic. Yeah. That's all I've but ever had. Yeah, no, no seed oils, no canola yeah. oil, any of that bullshit. Get that shit out of your house. Throw it in the garbage. It's garbage. Even though some chefs will tell you it's like, oh, that vegetable oil cooks on a higher heat. So if you want to sear, use no, that. But no, I've just been using butter. Those guys are going to have heart attacks when they're yeah, 60. Yeah. Okay. Those are like shitty chefs. I, don't, I agree. Don't ever I cook agree. with that shit. Okay. No, no sugar sodas or any of that shit. Don't drink juice very much. Don't drink a lot of Yeah, that's juice. a problem. See, uh, basically it's just water. I mean, water, you're going to tell me, tea. you're going to tell me fruit. It's like even only certain fruits like berries you're, you're, are good for you because you're not supposed the, to have like the best, bananas. But bananas aren't even good. If you eat a little fruit, try to have some cheese with it. Even nuts, the problem is they have phytates that suck out your vitamins. You need to really soak nuts in salt water and dry them. 
so that they don't. It's ridiculous. Um, see, that's ridiculous. If you thought like this, you just you'd be a, you wouldn't need anything. I mean, it just you, well, you I mean, that's how everybody wants to be convenient and have an easy life, and then they fucking get you know chronic disease and they die or. They live a long time, but they've got a heart problem for a lot of years, or they have a a little cancer that they go to get you know taken out, or they go and they have you know a little diabetes and they you know try to manage that with insulin. I mean, you can do it that way. You can just go easy. I mean, yeah, okay, hey, I have a question, dude, dude, why should you be bothered? You know, why should you have any uh, put some effort in? It? I mean, Even if it's inevitable, like, you're going to get some horrible disease, right? I mean, you may live to 85, but you know your last 15, 20 years are going to be kind of rough. But hey, that's just the price you pay, right? If I put uh, pulled oranges from a tree outside and made you fresh squeezed, you'd say that's bad for me, right? I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad for you in a vacuum, but like most people's sugar systems are pretty fucked up and it's, you don't need to spike your blood sugar like that. You know? So basically, you should only drink water. Well, um, there's a couple of things. Water, tea, coffee. And so then, coffee. Um, I've, been making, I've been making my own kombucha. I mean, I know this, a real man doesn't make kombucha, but... I make my own. I, I just basically, it's, it's not that hard. You got to get the mushroom, you know, the, uh, the scoby, it's a like yeast and you just make some tea. You put a lot of sugar in, you put the mushroom in, you leave it out for a week and the mushroom cons- you know, the yeast consumes all the sugar and turns it sour and fizzy. That's what real soda is actually. So you get like this refreshing soda, but it's sour. It's like a little tiny bit sweet, but it's mostly sour and that's, that's good for you. All right. Okay. So is that? Look, is that I mean, yeah. look. Here, here's look. You want to be healthy. Let's say. Let's say you're a dude. You want to shed some weight. You want to be healthy. It's really fucking easy. Okay. And you don't want to exercise too hard. You want to devote your whole life to it. Easiest thing you can do is like week one, just don't eat after 10 p.m. and don't eat before 8 a.m. Just eat between the hours of 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. Whatever you're normally eating. Whatever garbage you fucking eat. Okay. I, I've noticed that significantly in how I feel in the mornings. Uh, based on if I eat late or not. Okay, so I'm saying week one. I'm not saying this is a solution. I'm saying week one, not before eight, not after 10. Week two, not before eight, not after nine. Week three, not before nine, not after nine. That means every night from nine to nine, you're, you're fasting, basically. It's not a big deal. You start to like, you know, after like week six or seven, you know, you're starting to like only eat fat and protein, you know, no sugar before noon, and then you're you know, not eating anything, anything at all after eight. And so basically what starts happening is you know, you're basically not jacking up your sugar system between eight. You know, you're only, there's only an eight-hour window where you're on that system, and then you're off of it for 16 hours. And you can go further. You know, cut out the soda. Cut out the stuff. Start eating probiotics. Stop, you know, stop eating processed foods. I mean, you should do all that. But I mean, literally somebody who's like overweight who didn't want to like just go try to run five miles a day knowing that by day two you're not even going to be doing it um, could just like gradually shed everything by just starting to limit the hours in which they eat you know taking more and more days off I try not to eat before noon a lot I just don't need to and then I'll eat plenty from noon to six or seven or eight and then I won't eat before noon I'm fasting one day a week so I get, yes. get rid of the processed foods I'll eat the giant ass ice cream this delicious gelato place the Gigant it's the uh, five scoop nobody ever gets it except me with this uh, uh, panna on top. It's this Italian cream on the top. Very, very good. And I'll booze sometimes. Not that much anymore, but you know, I'll get drunk every now and then. And I'll eat like tons of steak sometimes. But I'm not just, you know, I take a break. You know, you're supposed to take a break. Your, your ancestors didn't just fucking have bullshit in their cupboard to shovel down while they're sitting in a chair all day. I mean, they literally took long breaks and I read this thing that if you fast for like five days, which I'm going to try to maybe do at some point, 
like your organs start to lose weight, like it, it, everything gets smaller and you, and you like, it like shrinks down. And it's basically like cleaning out everything and killing all the dead cells and getting rid of the dead cells. And then when you refeed, it like replenishes you and you build it back anew. It's like a house that hasn't been renovated. Like most people's bodies are inside are like a house that hasn't been renovated from the se- since the 70s. And there's that sort of musty smell and that shitty, dusty crap furniture that's stale and it's depressing, that carpet. And then so you need to like give your house a renovation, man. And so right. like every few days, you know, every year you should like be fasting for like five days and just clean it out with water. I mean, again, if you're fucking unhealthy and shit, don't do anything without like some sort of expert supervision. Not expert, but like knowledgeable supervision because I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what's working for me. And I no, I got good. you. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And so uh, I take a probiotic every day. Instead of taking that pill, you're saying buy this Bubby's sauerkraut and eat that as a snack. Yeah. Well, that I mean, would be even better. better, you know, make your own. But like I if, know. You, if, I you, know. if you want to and drink the juice from the sauerkraut too, or you can mix it in, you know, with other stuff, put it in your Bloody Mary or whatever. But actually alcohol will probably kill it. But basically, yeah, I mean, you're, you, the probiotics are so expensive and you can just make them. I mean, they come from like the yeast in the air, you know, or, or you okay, can just buy them. Let's say that, that sauerkraut was gone though. Would you still take the pill form probiotic yeah, versus I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, the pill is fine. It's not going to hurt you. It, it's only going to help, but you know, who knows how alive it is anymore. Uh, you know, it's expensive. <laughs> I it's, you. you know, just live your life. You know, you don't need to, well, Yeah. Speaking of food, uh, my, the French Laundry Reservation is a week from tonight. So the next time we talk on the pod, I will uh, have sent well, you some pictures, and uh, hopefully we have a we have a you know full review. Well, speaking of that, I'm actually probably off next week because I'm going to be in Minnesota for the oh. uh, FSTA, and then oh uh, right, I'm, I'm like leaving Portugal for the summer, which I'm kind of bummed about. I bet, um, but it's going to be cool, and I'm doing the, the the FSTA, and then I'm going to Madison for a couple of days, and then I'm going back to LA for the summer for five weeks and then I'm going to Finland and, and Estonia for a day and then I'm going to be back here. So next week I probably won't do it, but then I'll be in Malibu at that house for a day probably oh, nice. in the yeah. end of June. And, and I might, if we do a Sunday or Monday, maybe a Sunday podcast, I don't know if you're up for it, but uh, we can maybe do it from the, uh, from the beach deck, you know, like and do one of those. Oh yeah, I'm sure Sunday's fine. Not, not football season, no problem. Okay, well I'll see, I'll see. You know, it might be a little ridiculous but in my head, but we could try yeah that place is sick let's definitely try yeah all right you man got anything, else? All got. anything else for me well that's all i got for you this week all right all right man um shit i'm always supposed to stop the pod in the middle and like make space for the ad instead of just putting the ad randomly in the middle which is what i ended up doing um if you like the podcast you can give it five stars on itunes i'm not sure how that helps but i'm told it helps and you can also get a free subscription to rotowire for 10 days rotowire.com slash pod uh, all our football projections are up, all that other shit. It's good. Check it out if you like fantasy sports. Rotowire.com slash pod. You should definitely do it. All right, man. Good talking to you. I'll talk to you in, uh, hopefully from Malibu next time we talk. Yeah. All right, man. Later, Liz. All right. Ha- enjoy your meal at the uh, French Laundry. Thanks. All right. Take care, man. Later.